Welcome to the PreparedX podcast, your complete source for crisis, emergency, business continuity and security preparedness interviews, news, and much more. Now, your host, he creates chaos for a living, Rob Burton. Uh, greetings and welcome to episode 126 of the PreparedX podcast. Before we dive in, though, I do want to mention our sponsor, First Look, which is a service by PreparedX. Uh, First Look, for many of you that don't know, is a tailor-made crisis simulation exercise service uh, that uh, we create and you administer. Covers everything from cyber incidents, active shooter, supply chain disruptions, which we're going to be talking about today, and weather-related emergencies and many other scenarios. You choose a scenario, uh, we design it, and you deliver it. Um, preparedx.com slash first look for more information uh, to uh, learn more about that service. Okay. Uh, on to episode 126. I'm Rob Burton, your host, as always, and I'm super excited to have Susan here. Welcome, Susan. Hello. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, no problem. Today, we're going to be jumping into third-party uh, logistics companies, supply chain, cybersecurity, and that whole world, which is a challenge uh, for third-party 3PL, as it's known, uh, logistic providers. And of course, they're a crucial clog, um, or, or cog in the supply chain, right? So we, we really <laughs> uh, we really need to be able to protect um, you know, that, that, uh, that supply chain uh, network, so to speak. So uh, we're going to be jumping into this. Susan's got a wealth of experience in this field so we're, we're super excited that she's here uh susan cargill introduce yourself please okay um susan cargill um i have 40 plus years in the 3pl industry and this is combined with direct cyber involvement with a cyber attack against a major 3pl and i held leadership positions on the global custom cyber attack recovery and retrospective teams and I also uh, led the product team in the development of the cyber attack playbook framework. So some other key experience I have 40 years, um, it's a lot of different import export domestic stuff, but I uh, was uh, the US compliance manager for the 3PL. I helped district and regional and account management roles. A lot of experience with freight forwarding, transition and implementation and have done many, many different key projects. So the cyber attack itself was a bit humbling. Like you think you know all this stuff and it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know? And what it did is left me wanting to help the industry that I love so much and it has been so good to me. And I, I, I left the company I worked for and I started my own business, SJ Cargill Consulting. And then what we do is help the 3PL and importers create strategies and identify and build contingencies for operating in a diminished capacity. That's wonderful. Uh, really important, um, you know, role that you play. Um, and I'm super excited to have met you. And thanks for reaching out. I know you reached out on uh, on LinkedIn mm -hmm. over the last few months. So, okay, we've got some questions here for you, Susan, if we can jump in. So uh, we want to just kind of set the stage in terms of defining the landscape. Can you provide um, an overview um, of the role that third-party logistics providers play in the modern-day mm -hmm. modern day supply chain, of course, and the types of cyber threats uh, they commonly face? Okay, so there's whole books written about supply chain. So I'm going to try to give you a little bit of an overview of supply chain. Well, one sentence on supply chain and then what the 3PLs do with it. Right. So um, a supply chain is continue evolves. And with e-commerce, it's even kind of evolved a little bit more. But it basically consists of six key processes. And that would be to plan, to buy, make, 
move, distribute, and sell. And customers will, uh, they might outsource one or more of these processes to a 3PL or a 4PL. Um, and what this does is it allows the customer to focus on their core activities. Most commonly, what the customer will do is um, uh, outsource the moving of a shipment from point A to point B. And then depending on what else they might need, they might have the 3PL help them with uh, uh, distribution, fulfillment, order management, warehousing, and if crossing a border, so every international shipment, uh, when it crosses a border, un unless it's EU to EU, there's lots of exceptions, uh, it requires an import and a export customs declaration. So frequently that movement of the shipment and the customs declaration kind of goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So that all kinds of sounds easy, right? Right, really? yeah, right. Yeah. So, so um, what you might think is the shipment only as physical goods, but there's a lot of different parties, locations, and various modes that can be used. And each one of those modes have different processes. Each one of those services I meant have different processes. And then you have documents, data, information, money, and workflows. So a shipment consists of all of that. So you could kind of break it kind of into nodes, vectors, and links if we're talking about cybersecurity. So what do I mean by that? So a node is anywhere that product comes to rest. And so it can be a factory, a manufacturing facility at the wholesaler, uh, retailers place the end user, um, uh, uh, you know, so all the different locations at a port. Um, then you have vectors, and these are that sounds terrible, doesn't it? A vector, especially <laughs> yeah, after yeah. COVID. Yeah. Um, they're people, they're clients, they're prospective clients, they're mm -hmm. informal means of communication. It could be unpatched or misconfigured uh, software, weak passcodes, etc. And then there's links. And so a link could be the 3PL itself, transportation providers. And with one move, there's there's usually multiple different providers. You have the oh, pickup, yeah, that's right. uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. air freight, the, the delivery, and that's sure. the minimum, you know? Right. So you have a lot of the, the providers. Um, you have the customs brokers and customers, their suppliers, mm -hmm. you, suppliers, suppliers. Yep. You have government authorities, and then you have the communication that goes between all of those different points. Um, and that can be through EDI, API, or email. Mm -hmm. So the customer itself is going to expect that their shipments are delivered to the right place at the right time, not too soon, not too late, at a decent cost, in the right condition, and they have to comply uh, with all of their, the 3PL has to comply with all their business requirements and it has to be done compliantly. They also require the 3PL to keep them informed of market changes, regulatory changes, um, et cetera. And then you've got the governments that the government authorities expect services to comply with all their different applicable regulations. And since shipments cross different borders, multiple borders, especially with an international, they have to comply with those regulations in each and every country. Oh yeah, that so, yeah, must be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's a lot, and, and uh, so to do this, it requires a lot of expertise and a lot of local knowledge. Just not, just not the knowledge of 
how to move the shipment, but also all those regulations and port practices and things in each different country. So to do this, the three PLs have vast networks. These networks, they're complex and they cross a lot of countries, ports and time zones. And to provide the services, the 3PL must rely on third-party service providers. So there's different providers, like you have asset providers, like FedEx and UPS that has their own planes and trucks. But yep. the third party, most third-party uh, uh, providers are in a, a non-asset or light asset, meaning that they may not own planes and cars, yep. uh, trucks and planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, they yeah. might not own those things, you know, so so they have contracts with air carriers and ocean carriers and truckers oh. and et cetera. So these are what their service providers. And and they may be a customs broker yep. in one country using their own people. And maybe in another country, they outsource it to another customs broker. So there's this big, long, tangled web of uh, service providers. And then there's lots of smaller service providers that often play key roles in the shipment life cycle. There's lots of, you know, mom and pop trucking companies that own yep. one, two, three trucks. And, um, and and then the three PLs, especially from COVID, have lots of dispersed remote workforces. And so each customer will then have on its own side, each 3PL has its own uh, customer base. And then each one of those customers have a lot of different trading partners. And then to top off the whole thing, you have documents and data being passed between all yeah. those, oh, yeah. uh, all those parties. <laughs> so as far as the second part, part of your question, um, 3PLs face similar cyber threats as other companies. You know, they have unpatched and misconfigured software. They have compromised credentials, phishing and social engineering. But what's different about the 3PL versus a manufacturer, manufacturers product in the pipeline, they have things at stores, if they, you know, things all over the place. But what's different is that um, uh, the, 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 it, it, what's different is 3PLs are considered easy targets because of all of that vast interconnectedness. Mm -hmm. And if any party within the supply chain is breached, it can impact all the other parties. Sure. And so um, when that happens, shipment stops. You know, yeah. that's that's a, uh, uh, a big, uh, you know, a, a big issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. And you know, you know, you, I, I know a friend of mine who works for a you know, some very small logistics um, provider, and they specialize here in where I am in Newport, Rhode Island. So I'm putting you know a little bit of context to my you know what I know the little I know about um, that world. Um, they do specialize in the in the although they do they do other areas of business as well, but uh, with the yachting world. So there's uh -huh. lots of yacht, lots of. Yacht oh, do you get to go on the yachting? Yeah, yeah, and, and well, yeah, he he oh, gets to he he gets to do cool stuff like that, but. Um, but if you can imagine, you know, a three, you know, a three hundred foot mast that has to get shipped, mm -hmm. you know, this this right. pump, there's a complex, you know, uh, a complex know, mode. piece of equipment complex. that they specialize in. So, but thanks for providing that uh, that context there. Um, if we can jump in a little bit further here, um, in terms of the prevalence um, or prevalence of cyber attacks specifically uh, with three PLs uh, and what what that impact looks like, you touched on it slightly there. Of course, you know if one mm -hmm. gets impacted, you know may, others may get impacted as well. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about um, you know that type of impact? So, so the prevalence, the 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 
so you have all those phishing attacks and things. But what's really what really frightens 3PLs is the targeted cyber attack, the ransom attack, the targeted cyber attack, the the and and, and these bad actors and criminal gang gangs, they they have started to understand this interconnectedness with um with the uh 3PLs and and there's a lot of pressure when that ha when that happens. So the customer itself relies on the 3PL to provide services on their behalf. Yeah. And the 3PL's ability to deliver services to its customers dependent on the connectivity with its customers, 30 third-party logistics providers and government authorities. So once that connectivity disappears, so does the ability of the 3PL to perform services for its customers. So the criminal gangs and and uh, state nations know that and are beginning to know that. So when when that, you know, when that happens, I, I, and they might want to do it like the criminal gangs are looking for money, they're looking for ransom, and the state actors, uh, state nations are looking to cause chaos. There might not even be a ransom. There might not be, I mean, some people may, only 46% of companies pay ransom, but, but you know, it might just be to cause the chaos, which it does. Yeah. So what happens, what that... So I'm gonna. I, I had to sit down and think about this when um, I started my company. So and I went back. It, it's PTSD moments. What happens when a cyber attack occurs? Yeah. And um, so so when the systems go dark, the shipments stop, and then manual processes are evoked. But manual processes in this business aren't sustainable. So staff mm. gets stressed operations meltdown. Now, 3PLs are used to having their operations meltdown in one or two locations, but not everywhere, okay, yeah, right. all at the same time. Yeah. So when the operations meltdown, you're losing your, your workflows, your ability to see where any one shipment is at one any one time. And the customers also lost that. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know where your shipments are, or say they're not getting cleared through customs, demerge detention and storage charges charges start to accrue. And then while customers might be understanding initially, if the outage isn't handled correctly, they're gonna get angry and business is lost. And so that's kind of the cycle of the operational meltdown. But what's important to know is that can occur everywhere all at once and persist from week, days, weeks to months. And uh, so that takes us to the enterprise risk. Uh, enterprise risk for 3PLs is really, high to begin with. But with the outage, there's a potential for increased compliance risk. There's government fines for untimely customs and importer security filings. So think about that lost workflow, like, mm -hmm. you know, have you processed that declaration for the shipment? In addition, there's uh, penalties for late duty payments. And then systems themselves have, have lots of compliance tools built in. And without the tools, there's an increased... Um, chance for a denied party and sanctioned country risk. Like there's this whole list of bad guys you're not allowed to, to uh, ship to and countries you can't ship to. And if you accidentally ship to one of those, um, it's it's a big problem, yeah. lots of money. And um, you might process incorrect information. Then this is this is if you can't even process, you know? Right, right. And uh, you might lose the ability to run your checks and balances. And then we touched on it before, demerge and other fees occur, which can be very, very expensive. 
And um, there can be government seizure of clients' shipments. And um, then it, you go into just the cost, the recovery and the remediation fees, legal fees, shipment-related claims. And then a big one is reduced cash flow. So let's go back to if, if you're not able to invoice for two, three, four weeks, all the shipments that you already processed, you might not even be able to process any new shipments, but if you can't do those invoicing yet, you still have to outlay uh, the freight costs. And, and if you're outlaying money uh, duty for customers, that duty, that doesn't stop. So um, it has a huge impact to cash flow. Can you sustain that? And, and in addition to that, there may be short and long-term business loss. So yeah. you may not be getting money in, you may not be able to invoice for past shipments, and you're still outlaying fees. And then the potential to brand damage. And, you know, again, if customers perceive that you're handling this well, less brand damage, if not more brand damage. Yeah, so, uh, yeah for sure. And, um, you know, that, that's incredible insight uh, you're providing here, Susan. What about some uh, risk management strategies, though, in terms of, you know, helping those providers out? What can they do to protect their data and ensure the integrity, of course, of unavailability of their services? So I'm going to answer this on an operational part. I'm not a cyber security expert. I'm yep. a logistics expert, which is why CIOs love me because I kind of ba balance that out. <laughs> that's we, good. We work they, together yeah, really, they, really they, well. they often need that. So that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it comes down to awareness, prevention, and preparedness. So 3PL should provide cyber uh, awareness. Well, every company should provide right. cyber awareness training to its employees. It should include what is sensitive data. And most 3PLs do that because there's so much data anyway. How social engineering works, which is really, really important, and how to spot phishing attempts. And how, how and a company should have a mechanism to report those phishing attempts. Yep. And, then, and then share examples of those attempts to other employees, you know, because usually when the one phishing attempt is going in, it's going to, uh, 3PL might have, 10,000, 20, 50, 60,000 employees. It's going to more than one. They might have 200 too. Right. Um, right. 10, you know, they're all sizes. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, uh, and then training should be ongoing. And those examples are really helpful. And some companies even do like a, uh, like a cyber newsletter, quarterly yep. or monthly cyber newsletter, which is a really good idea. Yep. And don't forget to mention deep fakes. There's now, um, criminal gangs that are getting the voice of like the CEO. Yeah. And there's an actual example where uh, like a, the, the COO sent $250,000, something like that in the 200,000s to an account. And the CEO said, why did you do it? Well, you told me to, cause it was the voice. Yeah. So follow, like, if you're not, don't send money anywhere. Check some, check some balances. Yeah. Yeah. Don't send money anywhere unless yeah. you really know, like if a customer come, you get an email changing a bank account, call the customer and ask. Yeah. If that's yeah. If, happened, if, okay? if, yeah. If it so, sounds suspicious, it often yeah, is right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then um, uh, uh, incorporate some identity management. Um, employees yep. should only have access to the systems and information they need to perform their jobs. And then in our industry, especially in Europe, there's a lot of remote desktop protocols, and those can be dangerous if they're misconfigured. Um, so eliminate them if you can. You can in some cases, can't in some cases. Yep. So if you do need to use them, make sure that they're properly configured and secured. So that's my cyber uh, security um, and end of it. Um, but to ensure availability of services, you want to prepare and plan. 
And so it's really important to have that internal and external communication plan in place. And while it's not realistic, unrealistic to think that all contingencies will be accounted for, you want to understand as many contingencies as possible and alternate systems, because remember that the the service provider relies on its systems to perform services. They may have no systems. So what do you do? And that's a huge part of like what I what I have, like, what do you do? How how do you bridge bridge this period of time and still help your customer? And it's challenging. And um, and can also consider some scenario planning with your customers. It's always and service providers. So it's always helpful to have conversations before a problem happens than yeah, during yeah. the problem. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of things you can do to to help minimize it, won't get rid of it, maybe it gets rid of it, uh, but helps minimize the risk. So yeah. You could do some scenario planning with your customers and I'll give you an example. Okay. Say I'm going to give a customs clearance example. So in order to clear a shipment through customs, you need a customs declaration. You need a commercial invoice and shipments are different sizes. You could have uh, a a hundred kilo shipment that has one, one line, one product. So you declare one product, or you could have a hundred kilo shipment that has a thousand different widgets in it, all of which need to be, entered on the customs declaration. So if the systems go down either, and and, and so if you have a thousand, I should say, it's usually sent to the broker electronically, okay? Because it's not realistic to think a broker can key that in timely, (laughs) okay? It's just not realistic. So, So it could be that it's not the customs broker systems that goes down. It could be the importer system. So the same problem could exist whether the importer or the broker system goes down. So so if you're getting that shipment, so you want to protect that milestone, that milestone could be receipt of the commercial invoice. So if it's possible that the customer who's sending that uh, uh, commercial invoice through EDI might be able to send it in a different electronic format. Maybe mm-hmm. they can get the, get it through an Excel spreadsheet or get a, 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 a native PDF, something that helps minimize the, the amount of data entry, just reduce it. And it's also, I'm a 3PL, I worked in customs a long time, so I'm gonna put my importer's hat on, okay? And um, if, if you have lots of those invoices and if it's your broker system, it might, and if you only use one broker in a specific place, it might be that they're just not going to be able to clear your shipments for a period of time. So what do you do? And if you're only using one broker, it might be very difficult to find another broker because it takes a long time to transition brokerage to be able to just take that on quickly. And if you have electronic documents, it just might help ease pain on all sides. Okay. So a a different form of electronic document. So it's, and so if, if it comes down to where that scenario comes, you want to understand who the key stakeholder is in making that decision and when, under what conditions you flip that switch. So that would be one example of how you might be able to um, put the bandaid on really 
yeah, to yeah, continue, I, continue. It's really a series of band-aids. Yeah, and, and you've obviously, speaking from experience, um, you know, clear, clearly. Um, so can you elaborate? Let's talk a little bit about incident response because you've been in the thick of it um, as you, um, you know, have shared that story and recovery. Um, so what's the significance of having those response plans uh, in place and so, those recovery plans in place? Okay, so the first thing, like how how it how how the cyber attack feels when it starts is it's confusing okay just things don't seem right and this is at least the the, the what i had okay yeah like an odd email and i remember it was a weekend i remember like oh was that uh who 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 did that come from you know like i'm not going to respond to that thing and uh but anyway so it's odd so you want to make sure and we did you know that you have the communication plan in place you want to and and you want and this is everybody so i'm going to switch just from my experience now yep. just in general to everybody you want to have a communication uh plan in place you want to know uh how to get a hold of your team it might be that you have no you might have a phone system some like when maersk went down that their phone system was connected and they lost their phone yeah um uh, but you may or may not have phones. You may or may not have email. You may not want to use the email. Um, you need to have different ways to reach your team and you need to know how to reach the team. Like you may, you like, do, do you even know, depending on the size of the team, who is on your team, you know, like, like it, it might be big. So you want to have your, your internal communication plan in place. You want to be able to get your team together quickly, even if it's like, I don't know what's going on. Right. Let's, yep. re, let's meet in three hours yep. or two hours. Try Ra to find ra out raise the awareness meeting. sooner yeah, rather than later. Get, yeah. get it. And, yep. um, this yeah, this may end up going somewhere. We don't you know, know what this is. We don't, we don't know, know this what this direction, is, you know? but at least at least we're getting prepared in case it does. Right? Uh -huh. Yeah, and, that's that's advice we provide as well with our crisis management training and the exercises we do. Susan, mm -hmm. that's exactly. We call it going big early. So just, <laughs> going big early. I don't. Yeah. I, I'll remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Going yeah. So early. go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I All right. You no, there. that's go okay. <laughs> so so then so you're getting the information, and um, I have like I go through. I have a whole list of like topics, like like um to topics to consider okay i'm not going to go into those yeah, yeah. because there's no way there's no way you can consider every single thing that's going to go on at once like like you don't know which 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 thing is going to happen yeah, but yeah, i have yeah. things that were like like a list of things that i've collected through time of of like think about this think about this and just go through you don't have time you have to realize right. things are going to start coming at you so rapid fire you don't have time to think so in my plan, I try to put something together to help people think, you know, yeah. so they get from, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 dang, yeah, oh, yeah. dang, what do I do to, oh, to, I need to, to action, right? Together yeah. And yeah, to, <clears throat> to get to an action, to look at some topics, like are these, not all these things will happen, but to look at these things. And, um, and then you want to, so you're going to have with the 3PL, you're going to have air, you're going to have ocean, you're going to have customs, you're going to have a distribution, you're going to have all these different things. Uh, it's, it's, it's bigger companies, more smaller companies, less. Yeah. But there's going to be competing uh, uh, priorities because people are looking in their silo of, of what needs to be done. So you need to have um, 
a way to escalate those and resolve those things. Everybody wants to escalate and resolve them. They just are coming, they're thinking at things differently. Yeah. And the, the, um, and I'm just going operational. Like there's a whole nother team, yeah. Specific, a whole nother team yeah. that we're dealing with the technology the cert, and dealing the with the team, cyber experts. Incident response and, uh, right. team, typical term. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I'm dealing with the, uh, the operational piece of it. So, um, you're going to want to set up a cadence for the call and you're going to want to have a, 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 a and a communication plan and that plan uh, i usually suggest i mean i haven't come across one that it hasn't worked yet but uh, create that plan in a way that mimics how you normally communicate you know that that uh, mm. uh you know to, to get to all the people that all the stakeholders that you need to get to yep. and um and that and, and that's there's going to be meetings like nonstop every single day you're yep. going to yep. meet and then you're going to go from that meeting to communicate what you learned escalate things and then find out more information resolved, yeah. and right. and then the the so it's going to be your team and maybe the next team the dotted lines to you and then those dotted lines are going to yep. repeat that and then repeat repeat rinse repeat all the way down and um and as i mentioned there's going to be so things will come at you so rapid fire you need to Speed is important. The amount, the the more quickly you can take care of things and and more you're prepared yep. and yep. organized, yep. the faster you get to it. That that speed will help minimize. It won't eliminate. It will help minimize the damage done. Yeah. And so the more the more contingencies you have in place, the more um, you understand alternates systems available if any the better off um you're you're gonna you're gonna be in your response time yeah for sure we used to call it organized chaos in in the middle yeah it is so, yeah so, it's so, so it, you know that you have those first few moments and hours in some cases where and, you know the, the, there's so much going on there's so much noise yeah. as well so and it's mm -hmm. sift, sifting through mm -hmm. what, what do we need to what's our priorities right so it's important to have yeah. those instant action plans that you mentioned and important yeah. that people go away and understand what those tasks yeah. are and come back so it's a, a lot of it is about organization in those first few um, moments and in cyber in cyber cases those first few days right yeah and and it's also if it, it's uh it broke bro, because uh 3pls are used to chaos they have all kinds <laughs> yeah of you're right yeah yeah and it's the whole business is chaos <laughs> but this is another level another of layer, chaos yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, not yeah. even close to the the normal chaos that you yeah, deal yeah, with yeah. every day in yeah. day you know yeah, all yeah. that um so so and it's also important to know that if it's a targeted cyber attack, these criminal gangs and state nations, they run like businesses. They have budgets and they have goals and and they're not going to be very happy if you stop their process. So in the case of 3PLs, many have have identified the issue and they bring down their own systems. Yep. So because there's no that's really the 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 right thing to do in my from my perspective. So these criminal gangs, when you bring down your system, they're going to be angry because they don't get their big payday until they achieve their goals. And they are going to continue and continue trying and be very persistent trying to get into your system. So you can't even, there's this period of time, this parallel period of time that you can't even begin to rebuild your own systems, you know, to, to bring yeah. those systems back online. You're going to have to, get creative and think of what what you do outside of that box.
Yeah. And when those core systems come up and 3PLs are typically a whole patch, it's not one system, it's a patchwork of systems. They come up one at a time. And this is why it's so important to do uh, a, like a system analysis and understand restoration priorities and um, preferred timelines. And one product, air, ocean distribution is gonna have one set of timelines. Somebody else is gonna have a different, there's gonna be some systems will be this like everybody wants Outlook or email to come back yeah, up, yeah, you know, yeah. some, the, some are just a given, you know. But um, once you establish all these timelines, I'm kind of think uh, 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 it, it will help. I think I'm getting ahead of myself. It'll help later. So yeah, I'll let you oh, okay, go. yeah, yeah. Let's let's uh, let's jump on. I think we're coming uh, coming to the kind of final question here in terms of you know I know there's lots more we could touch on and, and maybe we'll have an expanded session uh, again. I've got some some thoughts around that already, but uh, let's talk about incident response exercises. So you briefly mm -hmm. touched on it before in terms of doing those with your customers. Uh, what's the importance of those exercises in your experience? Oh, the uh, uh, it, it, there's nothing like. Um, well, it's two things. So in our industry has just faced a lot of, it faced COVID, Brexit, um, the custom systems, you know, maybe four years ago was revamped in the US. And so the, the industry's just faced this rapid one, one issue after another. So they and there's always wars and conflicts, there. you know, in the Israel conflict at the moment. Uh, yes, the, the war. So, so they have to react. Yeah, they have to react quickly. Yeah. So, so it's they're now beginning to realize just recently, like CISA, uh, 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 cybersecurity infrastructure. I've, I'm not agency, good with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. agency yeah. has has come out along with others that say it's not. Um, if a cyber attack, it's when. Yes. And when you look at like the surveys, uh, the SOFAs had the 2023 ransomware and, and data is a whole, data infiltration is a whole different thing, animal. But 66% of their survey respondents had said that they had had um, a, a cyber attack incident. And 84% and, uh, of those respondents says that it impacts impacted their operations yep. and that was in all industries okay but when you think of 84 percent impacting operations if there's a cyber attack on a, a, a 3pl that's pretty much given that it's going to impact your operations so if you're and and because and, and so the 3pl industry has been extraordinarily good at putting in um security and prevention techniques very very good very very good with training and stuff and and many have started with their operational but some you know you're talking all different sizes of companies some might be in the beginning stages so the so it's kind of two things those that have uh already have programs in place and contingencies documented maybe they don't have all of them and those that are just in the beginning stages so those in the beginning stages might need help with awareness um so as i mentioned before cios are being tasked with developing operational contingency plans but those cios are usually cybersecurity experts not logistics experts yep. so it puts them in a really really difficult position and then frequently operations in in um operations of the people that process shipments, product 
is like air, ocean, you know, and, and uh, distribution. So I'm just going to call them product. Yep. Okay. Um, so, so product thinks is under the assumption many times that the IS group has everything covered, that if there's a cyber attack, their systems will come up really fast and it's not realistic. Okay. Yep. And it's product that is in the best place to assess risk and understand their current capabilities, processes, dependency gaps and systems. And it's product that needs to determine their systems restoration priorities with IS's help and preferred timelines. And I'm not gonna lie, that can take some time, okay, to do to do all that. So once the, the system priorities are, so you have, now you have two, two spokes, two, two different lines. So you have the system priorities established and preferred timelines, one for air, one for ocean, one, you know, you can hand all these things to IS and then they can start put working on the capabilities for the systems, the improvement plan for the systems. And then the, um, the uh, uh, like a tabletop exercise, or I usually do like a combined workshop tabletop exercise helps promote that awareness. I actually say, start with this if you're gonna do things, pro promotes the awareness, um, and it gives scenarios that help um, spark creativity and stuff and, and and help. And you take that information and that's what you use to begin. Um, uh, you take your analysis, your your risk assessment. You take the the uh, maybe a couple workshops to figure out what to put in the framework for your uh, cyber attack playbook. Yep. You take the outcomes from uh, the the tabletop exercise and, and other seminars because there's more things that need to go into it. And you can begin to complete the framework and then fill in the contingencies. And you, 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 you're going to be when, once you start working on this, you're going to get a lot of contingencies really quickly. And it's a series of band-aids, okay? series yep. of band-aids to, to put in place. And um, so so you really just need to to start and um, do that. Uh, uh, it's just really just, just start. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And it, and it'll all come from there. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, well, this, this has actually been uh, wonderful, very insightful. I know, um, you know, I, I have to, you know, I'd love to stay on longer, but um, I've got, I got something coming up at noon here. Houston, <laughs> so, but uh, Susan, if, if uh, you know, any final words for, for the listeners uh, as well, Susan, how can, uh, you know, if people get a hold of you, if they want to reach out uh, for your services or just to ask a question about your expertise, of course, we'll add your link into your LinkedIn mm -hmm. um, uh, profile here on, on the, on the show notes, but uh, is that the best way? Yeah, LinkedIn's a great way to find me. I'm on there all the time. I check it pretty much daily. And the other thing, just start. And and as I mentioned before, a really good way to start my workshop, I'm going to put a plug, um, a workshop to get to like maybe start with your leadership, product leadership. And yep. it helps create awareness. I go through case study, do a tabletop exercise yep. and yep. maybe one other exercise. And from that, you usually can put together a communication plan to start. You'll walk out of it with something. And That's then great. from there, you can just decide what you can do yourself, because a lot of companies have things they can do themselves. I'll help you with it. My goal isn't to stay in your company forever. It's to it's to help. My, my goal, my sure. goal when I started my business is to help companies prepare because I want to help my industry. So yeah, that's so great. That's it. 
<clears throat> well, uh, you're doing a, a wonderful job, Susan. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you reached out and uh, I'm uh, mm -hmm. really impressed Thanks. with everything you're doing. I'm looking forward to um, coordinating, uh, potentially mm -hmm. working together sometime uh, again in the future. So uh, again, thank you for your time today. Uh, most welcome and thank you. Yeah. Okay, that wraps up episode 126 of our podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, please uh, rate us on iTunes or wherever else you're listening to your podcast these days. Uh, we'd appreciate that. And don't forget, uh, June 4th uh, to the 6th of 2024, next year, uh, is the International Crisis Management Conference annual conference in Newport, Rhode Island. So uh, details will be made available uh, in the coming uh, weeks here at crisisconferences.com. So until next time, have a safe day.